You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Everybody, welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. And I'm your host, Katie Burke. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America. The DU Podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, the official performance dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Purina Pro Plan, always advancing. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Joining me today, we have Scott Laseth, the sporting chef, also the cooking columnist for Ducks Unlimited Magazine. Scott, you've been doing this for almost 20 years now, I believe. Is that correct? It feels like it. Yeah, I'd, it's somewhere in there. Um, I, you know, I, every now and then I look back and think of when the first year was, but I think we're pretty close to 20. Well, welcome back to the show. You've been on before. We haven't had you on in, uh, I don't know, it's been six, eight months at least, maybe more than that. I know we, we knocked out a bunch of cooking shows at the beginning when we kicked off the podcast three or four years ago. Right. You are are probably one of the busiest people in the outdoor industry. And so uh, we haven't been able to catch up. Didn't get, we're, we're not able to catch up last year at least, but we are happy to have you on here today. Scott, before we talk about you know a feature that you recently did in Ducks Unlimited Magazine called International Flavors, let's discuss what you have going on because I find it all very fascinating. Before we started recording, you mentioned you have four different shows on the Outdoor Channel. Uh, go ahead and rip those shows off for us. Uh, I've got The Sporting Chef, which after 20 years last year, I put in a gal, Stacy Lynn Harris, who's the new host of The Sporting Chef. That is a mixture of all sorts of different people cooking fish and game. Um, I've got Dead Meat, which I host. Dead Meat is when we target some of the less targeted species. We were just in South America shooting parakeet, parakeets, and we'll see how that sells with the American audience. And um, The Fishmonger is about the commercial fishing industry and what the commercial American commercial fishermen are up against compared to the international fishermen. And then there's Ranch America that's all about uh, putting the best beef on American dinner tables and what you know, what the cowboys do and what the ranchers do. And, you know, oddly enough, most of the beef that we see on American dinner tables are raised on ranches of 50 had fifty head or less. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. That's, that's It's a great story. Yeah. There's a lot of small ranchers out there that are providing most of the beef for our country. Cool. And so that show highlights those different operations, correct? It does. It awesome. does. The host of the show, I met at a little town of Murphy's up in the Sierras in California and he is a restaurateur, was trained in France as a chef, and he has a ranch with about 85 head of cattle. And so when I was looking for a host of the show, I went, I found the guy and said, you're hired. He didn't plan on being on TV, but he is now. 
And among all the, those, all those shows and every other thing that you're doing, because I know you still travel to some of the shows with different companies, uh, you're also still contributing the cooking column in every issue of Ducks Unlimited Magazine, and also several features a year, which is a pretty big undertaking in and of itself among everything else that you're doing. Well, and, and my goal is to get on less airplanes. And um, since I've got that Sporting Chef covered now, um, and I've got some really good field producers and camera people, and so um, I want to stay home and hunt and fish with my buddies. <laughs> there you go. That, you know, and there's people that are saying, you know, he gets to do all this great stuff. You know, I feel very fortunate to, to have been able to do some really cool experiences that you just read about as a kid. But uh, I hope it doesn't sound too affected. I'm, I just want to stay home. Yeah. Now, I'll be honest, that probably does sound like you're a little spoiled. But me, I say it all the time, <laughs> you know. I'm very fortunate to get to do what I did with Ducks Unlimited Magazine. I get the opportunity to travel and hunt some really cool places throughout North America. Um, and sometimes I turn some of those trips down and people are like, I can't believe you would turn that trip down to, you know, Alberta or, you know, it's, that's a lifetime trip. I'm like, well, it is. But what's difficult about that is you go to these great places and these great hunts, but you do it with people that you don't know. And I, I, I've, not that I don't do them and not that I don't enjoy them. Like I said, I don't want to sound like I'm spoiled, but it's a really weird dynamic. I'm sure you get that a lot with so many shows you've been on where you're like, oh my gosh, I wish, you know, Bill was here to see this, like one of your good buddies or whatever, you know, it's like hunting and fishing is such a camaraderie sort of thing for me, especially that it's just, it's kind of odd to go out and hunt for two or three days with a bunch of people. Now, granted, a lot of times you make great friends while you're there. You know, I've done that many times, but it is, it is very much so I say usually halfway through the season, like, I think I want to stay home and hunt with like a couple of my buddies for a few days, <laughs> you know, like that's kind of, that's kind of my MO by late December, early January. I'm, I'm trying to stick around, you know, locally and hunt. Well, and you only have to be so polite with your buddies. <laughs> that's true. Be on your oh, best when behavior. You're, when you're on TV, it's really hard to, um, well, you know, do the things you do with your buddies in a duck blind. That's exactly right. Let's go ahead and roll into this international flavors. And, uh, you know, it's six different recipes. And you did this, I believe it was in July, August issue, uh, 2023. Yep. Um, it is, in my opinion, it's a fantastic piece. Um, but one of the first questions I'm going to ask you about this is how did you decide, you know, to narrow this down to six? I mean, international flavor, you can go all across the world and add in anything. And I know you've probably done, you know, so much traveling to all these different places. I'm sure it was difficult to narrow it down to, to six recipes. You know, I normally don't get myself too worked up over it. I mean, I was looking for different parts of the country, different ways to cook ducks. And, you know, what I, when I'm thinking of like Asian, I'm thinking Asian curry. That's just, it. I didn't, I don't put a hundred recipes in front of me and say, gosh, I wonder if this one will, will work. It's mostly just inspiration for me. Um, rather than going too late, the ragu, you know, is... I tried to combine the low and slow with some of the duck parts and some of the lesser so-called ducks that aren't quite so good at medium rare, a little bit more, you know, fall apart like a, like a, a pulled pork type of deal. And that's where those recipes come in handy. And for people who can't eat, just can't eat rare to medium rare, I want them to to enjoy the duck, because to me, there's nothing worse than a well-done 
cooked duck breast. <laughs> yeah, well done is not how you cook duck. That and, is, and and people eat it well done. And I don't know how, and they they seem like they like it sometimes. And I I don't get it. Yeah, but um, you know, if you're gonna go well done, I think what you need to do is just go low and slow. Cook it wet for several hours until it kind of falls apart like a pulled pork. To me, that's doable. The well-done uh, grilled duck steak, not so much. Not so much. Well, that that definitely is the lead right into the first recipe that you chose here. And it was, uh, you know, the country is Italy and you chose the ragu, which that's exactly how you start with this ragu. And, you know, it's low and slow. You're cooking this duck down, but you're also maintaining that tenderness and that flavor. Um, when you do it. So kind of walk us through this recipe um, just as as how you would approach this. And it looked, the images were fantastic. And just to go on note, this was my favorite one of of these six recipes. Well, and you know, the low and slow is very forgiving. So you can cook, you can take a mallard and cook it low and slow. And by that, I mean, we're going to, we're going to braise it. So when you, when you're braising any piece of meat, you season it, you brown it in some kind of oil, some kind of fat, and then it goes into a either you can either do it on top of the stove or in the oven, but it's going to be low temp with vegetables and liquid. And the liquid and the low temperature and the time is what's going to make that fall off the bone, which is which is the victory. Again, you don't want chewy, well done duck meat um, in a in a ragu with pasta. You want it to be tender. You want it to be flavor. You pair it with al dente pasta, finish it with a little bit of cream. It's really, really good. And one of the things I like to do with recipes like this is to serve it to people who say they don't like duck because they may have had that, you know, whole duck stuffed with who knows what that was cooked until it was way overdone and decided that they didn't like duck. But when you have this ragu, this Italian kind of brothy, herbal, really good dish, um, they'll they'll fall in love with it. And you can put any waterfowl in there. You could use the same recipe. If you've got some random chunks of deer or antelope or whatever, you can do the same thing with that. If you've got different kinds of duck, this works well with that. If you've got some of the ducks that we think of as lesser ducks, like, like surf scoters and spoonies and that kind of thing, which I happen to love, this recipe is great for that. Yeah, it's a perfect kind of catch-all. Um, I'm sure, you know, your Canada goose, you know, sometimes, you know, especially this well early in the season, I should say, uh, some of these very liberal seasons, people end up with pretty big bags of Canada geese. And so it's like, what do you do with all of these geese? And so th- I think this ragu recipe would lends itself very well to uh, to trying out, you know, a, a Canada goose or even a snow goose, something like that. It really kind of opens the door for that. The next one on the list here is Thailand. It's a duck with red curry and mango. This is something that's probably a little out of my wheelhouse, I'll be honest. Not that I wouldn't eat it, but as far as me just coming up with an idea to do this. But I know, just like you had mentioned, curry's kind of you know on your list of things that you like to make. So kind of explain this duck with red curry and mango. Well, Asian curries, there's red, yellow, and green Asian curries, and they're basically of different different heat, different flavor, but they're all pretty close. I don't like Indian curries. Um, the curry powder that my mother would put way too much of on food when I was a kid, 
I'm I'm just not a fan, but the Indian, the Asian curries, uh, the Asian curries, I really, really like. They're a lot milder. Um, it It's not such an overpowering flavor. But if you look at the recipe itself, there aren't a lot of ingredients. And what you need to do is go to the grocery store and get, get a jar of red curry paste. Um, it's basically mixed with kaffir lime leaves, I find, on Amazon. If you can't find kaffir lime leaves, um, just some lime zest from a regular lime works just fine. It's a little sweet. It's a little spicy, but it's not overpowering, and it allows the duck to speak for itself. It still tastes like duck. The victory with your recipes is not that something doesn't taste like duck or goose, which is what a lot of people try and do is they try and make their duck not taste like duck. Um, this curry, this red coconut curry that goes with it, doesn't distract from what the duck tastes like. You've got a little mango in there, too, for sweetness. And you just serve it on top of warm jasmine rice. And I love this recipe. That's my favorite photo from this article. I love the color on that. It is a great photo. I was just looking at that as well. Now, one question with any of these recipes, you're a big fan of brining your duck before. Now, are you brining this duck before you're serving it with a recipe like this? Or are you trying to let the duck stand alone more in that manner? Well, I brine all of my waterfowl. And by brine, okay. I use I use a high mountain game bird and poultry brine. Mm -hmm. You know, full disclosure, I get it for free. Um, <laughs> I would imagine. And so, but I use it all the time. And it's one of the things that I share with people. If not, if you take a half a gallon of water and mix it with a half a cup each of kosher salt or any coarse salt um, and brown sugar, and you leave your duck in there overnight, what that does is it draws out whatever blood is left inside that that duck breast or the duck whole duck itself. Where we lose people is when they cut into a piece of perfectly cooked duck and the juice runs out and they go, ah, I don't like blood. And it's not blood, it's myoglobin. But when you brine it, it doesn't make it taste any different. It's going to add a little bit of salt to it. So you want to use less salt in the seasoning. Um, but it really just mellows out the duck and gets rid of those last traces of capillary blood. Yeah, that's all. It's, I was curious about that, whether or not you were brining before doing some of these recipes. But it sounds like uh, it's probably a good idea for everyone to do a little brine on on uh, on every duck that they're cooking. And, and it, it, it really does make a big difference. And the reason I don't state it on every recipe is I'd have to write in every recipe for yeah. brine. And then they'll yeah. and then explain what a brine is. So, yeah. I, we'd probably edit it out after about the fifth time you did that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I never read them after I send them in, so I would assume they're all edited. I don't know. <laughs> they are. Uh-huh. Stay tuned to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, after these messages. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.
So the next recipe up is South Africa, and that is a marinated duck. Now, this is probably one of the more just basic recipes here. Um, but really, I think what fascinates me is that you had a pretty good story on why you chose this uh, based on some trips that you would make. So so what is the reason why you chose this just marinated duck? Well, we were shooting TV shows in South Africa, and I noticed that every piece of meat that they cooked was, I don't know if you're familiar with how they do it there, but it's a real wood, white, hot grill, smoky, real wood, white, hot grill, and everybody that we were with, they took every piece of meat and just soaked it in olive oil, garlic, salt, and pepper, and sometimes a little soy sauce for 24 hours. They throw it on that screaming hot grill, get it nice and uh, well browned on the outside and still rare to medium rare on the inside, and the meat just melts in your mouth. And it doesn't compromise the meat. It still tastes exactly like it's supposed to. But you haven't you haven't disguised the flavor. Now, my wife, who doesn't eat wild game, which is a little embarrassing. I was going to say, um, that's a little odd. She, uh, Does she starve over there? What do you got? I, mean, I assume you eat wild game for every meal, but okay. She, she loved it. I mean, she her favorite was the, uh, the zebra loin, which you wouldn't think would be all that tender, but the zebra loins were incredible. They were as tender as any beef tenderloin I've had. And it was just, just I'm telling you, try this. Olive oil, garlic, salt, and pepper. Don't mess it up. Leave it in there for 24 hours. Throw it on a grill. That olive oil is only going to penetrate so far, but it's going to add a little bit of fat, and it's really going to help in the browning when you go to put that over the heat. Yeah. Now, I I did know that they cooked pretty much. I've had a couple of buddies who have talked about that where, you know, they basically just throw everything on that hot grill. Um, but the basics of that marinade is, I think, something for people to take note of. I mean, you don't have to have some, you know, outlandish marinade here. Um, you don't have to have Italian dressing. Right. right. <laughs> you Although, don't have to use that. Although, Although it does work. dressing for people that are just starting out, just getting into the whole cooking thing, take a duck breast, soak it in Italian dressing for a couple hours. Don't overcook it. It's better than it might have been that the one that you had before. That's right. Yeah, it's it's worth a try. But I think the basics of this marinade is so cool because it is literally, you know, the garlic, salt, pepper, olive oil. Maybe a little soy sauce, but man, it's and then just take it, throw it right on the grill. Don't don't have to complicate it. There's no reason to break something that that's or fix something that's not broken for sure. Now the next next recipe you chose was from Turkey, and it was the kebabs. So a duck kebab. I'm sure you can make this with goose as well, but uh, the, the recipe itself was labeled as the duck kebab. Kind of walk us through this recipe and and even the story behind it because um, I happen to know David Draper, who you mentioned in the article, and he's quite the foodie too. So if, yes, it, if it's something he brought up, I'm like, eh, I'd probably try that for sure. And and by the way, Draper did send me a thank you for um, giving him a heads up in the in the article too. So nice. So David, thank you for reading the Ducks Unlimited magazine. I appreciate that. Absolutely. He, I did a deal with him somewhere in Utah several years ago, and he had just come back from Turkey. And the kebabs that most people are used to are cubed, chunked up meat with vegetables on a skewer, but this is ground meat. Mm -hmm. and, and you take a flat skewer 
And you can get those on Amazon also. The ones that I used in the photo barely qualified. They weren't quite as wide um, as the ones that you can find that they use in Turkey. Uh, and you can you take the ground meat and you build it on this flat skewer. So it's almost like hamburger, um, but it stays on the skewer um, and it's and you can add whatever kind of flavors you want to add to it. I mean, there's the um, the flavors in Turkey are just a little bit different. You know, you're going to have some cinnamon, some sumac. And if you don't have sumac, just use coriander. I don't want to go through the whole list of what's in there, but it's but it's Turkish flavors. There's also some ground, uh, either lamb, beef, or pork in there. You need to add some fat to your ground duck. And if you don't have a grinder, you can just take your duck or your goose, take the skin off, chunk it up, and get it almost frozen, um, and then just pulse it in a food processor. But be careful, because you want it to be about pea size. You don't want it to be a duck paste. Uh, yeah, you don't, you don't want to turn it, it to mush. Don't overprocess it, yeah. But that works just fine. You know, you can do so much with ground duck and goose. Um, anything you can do with a burger, you can do with ground duck and goose. You just want to add some fat to it. Yeah, that's good to know. Don't forget to add the fat. It definitely needs, um, you know, a little bit of that fat just to, you know, cook through and everything. I mean, it's that's necessary for sure. The next recipe you did was in Mexico, and that was a duck chorizo. Now, this one is right up your alley, I'm sure, because I know that you've you you do a lot of Tex-Mex, Southwest, a little bit, you know, you, you dabble in a lot of that type of food. And so I was assuming you were going to go, you know, this route, but this is, this is a pretty cool one and one that, you know, has served so many different purposes. I mean, anything from, you know, dips to, you know, you, you can use this chorizo across the board and it's, it'd be a great use for, you know, something that you have left in the freezer, or like you said, maybe some of the lesser, you know, ducks or lesser thought of ducks, I should say. Um, but kind of walk us through this chorizo recipe and why people should do it. Well, and chorizo is, you know, it's basically just a seasoning blend that you add to meat. Um, if you go to the grocery store and you buy that tube of chorizo, um, take a look at, at the ingredients that are on there because it's often things like salivary glands and lymph nodes. And and I'm, I'm not saying those are bad because we eat all sorts of things we don't know about. But um, when you just take duck... And you season it, and you again, we're going to add some pork to this because we've got to add fat to it. You know, this is going to be this, and this you can use as a patty. You can put it into a casing. You can use it ground. You could make a taco salad with this after you're done with it. But it's basically a lot of seasoning. You've got paprika, cayenne pepper, chili powder, some more savory um, herbs, cinnamon. You combine everything, and you brown it. It's that simple. The blend of the seasonings for chorizo, um, I really like, but chorizo doesn't have to be hot and spicy. It's more of a savory flavor than it is uh, a hot spice. But you can add spice if somebody wants it to be spicy. That's the best part about this. Right. You can add it if you need it, you know, especially sure. after. 
No, I mean, I think this is a great, you know, breakfast burrito in the duck blind type food. You can prepare it beforehand. It'd be something great for duck camp that you can prepare and then bring and add to different dishes. Like I said, dips or, you know, in the picture you have it under some eggs and, you know, you can do breakfast burritos. You can do just about anything you want to with chorizo. It's a very versatile recipe. Well, and if you have a lot of, let's say, conservation hunt geese or snow geese or whatever, and like we had mentioned, you know, they're fun to shoot, but then at the end of the deal you go, holy mackerel, that's a lot of meat. And you've got a grinder and a couple of people handy. You can grind a lot of that at the same time, season it with that chorizo mixture, and then vacuum seal it so that you've got it available anytime you want. It's a great way to get rid of a lot of yeah. Now, a, a, any good culinary piece would be uh, remiss if it did not mention France. So your next piece or your next recipe that you chose was f- from France, and it's a duck or goose cassoulet. From the image, it looks absolutely fantastic. So, you know, I'm, as we're doing this, and, and Scott and I are both talking back and forth here about, um, you know, these images, these are all online. You can find this at ducks.org forward slash waterfowl recipes or just recipes um, and check out the images that, you know, that were from the magazine, but also it's really kind of sets the tone for each one of these recipes as we go into it. And that's kind of what we're looking at. But Scott, kind of walk us through this cassoulet because I think that, a lot of people probably would not be familiar with that term, but they would be familiar with what it looks like. Well, and the, you know, there's the the ingredient that stands out in a cassoulet are the white beans, or great northern or navy beans. Again, the well, the cassoulet does take a little time, but the version that I have is a little bit more streamlined because it's been my experience that if you have a recipe that takes a lot of ingredients and a lot of time that people just aren't going to do it anyway. And this starts with a little browned pork belly. You you season the duck, add that to the to the pot and brown it and then there's sausage, there's white beans and it's just a really really it's like a it's more like a like a stew but not quite as as liquid. The the last thing you're going to put in is the the beans and I just use canned um, navy beans or northern beans, because I think people are more likely to do that than to do the dried beans. Um, and again, it's it's gorgeous. It will surprise people. It doesn't look like a traditional duck or goose recipe. Um, and the cassoulet, I, you know, it when I think France, for some reason, I think cassoulet. Yeah, and like you, you mentioned, you know, you didn't want it. You wanted it to be a little bit more streamlined than you know a, an original cassoulet. That's Extremely time-consuming, but, I mean, this is still a se- probably several-hour recipe. You know, from preparing to cooking all the way through, you're still going to have to cook those beans through. That's a process. But you can also make a big pot of it and eat it for about three or four days, too. Or you, <laughs> That's true. Or you can save it for when the boss is coming over because it really is a special dish. Yeah, it looks fantastic. I might have to try. That's one that's on the list this year uh, to try as soon as our duck season opens here, for sure. Um, you know, that's all six recipes from the International Flavors feature. But my question for you is, what are there any ones that you thought of adding in or something that, you know, maybe you looked back and you're like, oh, I remember when I went here and I should have done this. Or do you have you gotten any feedback from anyone saying, hey, you should have added this, anything like that? You know, I haven't gotten any feedback, but, you know, the fact that I've cooked so many recipes in so many places, I mean, I forget the recipes that I've done over the years. I mean, I've been doing this 
for a long time. I'm no spring chicken. So, um, you know, I, I find that I forget recipes and then somebody will point out, will point out a recipe in a magazine or a cookbook and I'll say, Hey, wait, that's mine. So that might just be a sign of aging that, um, I, I just don't really spend a lot of time trying to decide. I look for more inspiration. I can't think of anything I would have added to this unless we went to a different country. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm looking at it right now and reminding myself of what I put in here. And these are all solid recipes that I, if, if anybody has a problem with them, give me a holler and I'll find out what I did wrong. But it, <laughs> I'm, these are, I'm looking at this list in front of me, and these are my favorite international duck recipes. Now, I will, I will add one thing. I was in, hunting in Saskatchewan several years back, and we had shot some snow geese and some cranes and um, a, kind of a hodgepodge of ducks, some divers, some puddle ducks. And uh, the outfitter that we were with was like, hey, would you be interested in taking these down? to the local Chinese restaurant. And there's a, this is a small town in Saskatchewan too. And, um, so we, we took several of these birds down to the local Chinese restaurant and they're like, yeah, just be here at six o'clock and we'll have dinner. We're like, well, what are you making? And they're like, uh, we'll surprise you. And we're like, okay, that's cool. So we went there and they had, you know, a lot of the kind of more Americanized Chinese dishes that people would be accustomed to, the general so's, the sweet and sour chicken, the beef and broccoli, things like that, that people are very familiar with. They they made them all with our waterfowl and it was fantastic. Like just unbelievable dishes that, you know, all of us sitting around the table, like I never thought you know, to try and make a beef and broccoli with, you know, a, a duck, you know, a beef and broccoli style recipe with the sauces and the rice. I think they did a uh, snow goose fried rice, which was okay. It was all right, but it was, it's like, you know, but they had the list of everything that they did and, and it was just spectacular. And that just jumped into my head thinking, um, I guess that's international because I was in Canada and it was Chinese food. So I guess that counts, right? Multi-international. Yeah. And, and, you want the couple of the restaurants here in Sacramento area where I live, they do the same thing. You bring mm. in your ducks and your pheasants and your whatever, and they basically just use your protein in the same dishes that they do on their regular menu. And it's really good. You know, and the Asian dishes have, are normally long on flavor. Um, they do a lot of marinades and that kind of thing. And it's and it's it's crazy how you can make that duck or that deer or whatever taste just like any of the other dishes that they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had a restaurant years ago, that's kind of how I got started doing this on a larger scale is people would bring us their ducks and geese and we would prepare it for them because I would have a wild game on my menu and people would say, how come mine doesn't taste like yours? And I'd say, bring it in. And we would cook their fish and game for them. And hopefully they would learn along the way that it wasn't the duck's fault if they didn't like it. They just weren't cooking it right. <laughs> You're overcooking it probably. Pretty much. That's about now from talking to you and some other chefs that that we deal with on occasion and um, and my own experience, 95% of the problem with most people cooking waterfowl is that they're overcooking. Would you agree with that? I absolutely been I you know, I've always threatened to write a cookbook that just said don't overcook it because it it really is that simple. But I'll tell you, in the, let's see, almost 40 years that I've been doing this, people are getting much better at it. 
and you see a lot of people that are getting a lot a lot more serious about how they cook their ducks and geese. They're respecting the the game that they bring home a lot more than they may have in the past. Whereas there are a lot of people that just did chili or just did a stew or wrapped everything in bacon and jalapeno and cream cheese. And I think people like these international recipes are realizing that there's a lot more that you can do with your wild game um, than just whatever your dad did. My dad took a duck, stuffed it with wild rice and vegetables and whatever and cooked it for about about two hours. And if you can imagine how bad that was, <laughs> I'm you know I'm thinking I really like I really like duck hunting, but do I have to eat these things? Yeah. And and as it turns out, it wasn't the duck's fault after all. <laughs> well, that's awesome, Scott. Well, I appreciate you going through this feature, uh, international flavors. Um, again, great recipes, like you mentioned. This is something that could potentially open. You know, a hunter's eyes to hey, let's try something different. You know, really encouraging people to to open their culinary minds when it comes to waterfowl, and uh, and that goes all across the board: snow geese, Canada geese, ducks, diving ducks, puddlers. Um, it's like you mentioned. I'll use your phrase. I think it's a great one. It's probably not the duck or goose's fault. You're, you're probably cooking it wrong. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott, thanks a lot. We will have to get you on here soon. I appreciate your time, and and thanks for walking us through this. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I'd like to thank my guest, Scott Layseth, for coming on and walking us through his International Flavors recipe from the July-August 2023 issue of Ducks Limited Magazine. I'd like to thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for putting the show together and getting out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to the DU Podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, the official performance dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Purina Pro Plan, always advancing. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit ducks.org slash DU Podcast. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.